Well, good morning and welcome to Worship at Hillhead. Our service this morning is led by students and staff of the Scottish Baptist College and the flow of the service will be a little different from our usual pattern. Um, just so that you know what roles various people have in relation to the college, I'll briefly mention them and ask them to wave at you. Those of you outside of the screen, well, you'll do your best. Um, so we have Fiona, our fourth year student, who of course you have already uh, heard speak. You had the joy of hearing her preach here some Sundays ago. You probably have already met Laura, here she is, uh, who is both a student at the college and also serves on our governor's board. You might be able to see Marie online, although I don't see her. Yes, there's, well, I see her name. Here she is, waving at us. Hi, Marie. Good to have you with us as well, joining us. And of course, we have some members of staff. Ian, our principal. Here he is. <laughs> Graham, lecturer and our communications coordinator over there. And me, lecturer and assistant principal. Um, I have forgotten to print out any extra sheets of our order of service for those of you who are here. So once we start, start singing, if you see some people clearly looking, well, lost or you know, clearly wanting to sing and not being able to, please would you share from your device or if you have a printed sheet then that way. My apologies for that. Um, if you're usually attending our service on-site and have sorely missed a cuppa after the service, then I have some good news for you. Coffee and tea have been reinstated. Yes. So we'll be able to um, enjoy uh, a drink together after the service. It might not be the best coffee and tea in the whole world, but it will give us another way of, of uh, yeah, spending some time together. And we have smuggled in some nice, sweet things to share. And that's kind of our proposition that um, as we go forward, if you feel like baking or you see nice cookies and you need an excuse to buy them, then that could be a way um, rather than another rota. On the other hand, if somebody's heart is beating faster at the idea of organizing a rota, then do speak to me as well. Um, so that's coffee and tea right after the service for those of us who are here at the hotel. We have some family news. Uh, the information is, uh, that I have is that Alan uh, has been transferred to Guard Naval um, on Friday evening. Um, and if you'd like to visit him, he's in Ward 6B, room 19. Margaret would have more information um, if, if you want to um, hear about it. And let's continue to remember him, of course, in our prayers. You might have noticed our Minister Katrina is not with us today. She's away this weekend. She will be back on Tuesday. Until Tuesday, if there is something you would normally contact her about, then please contact one of the managers, who I'll ask to wave in case you don't know who they are, which is not many. Nope. Two of us. Yes, me or Holly this morning here. Um... If you are part of the church community, then you will have received an email about our church 
away day on March 11th. Katrina is asking, it would be really, really helpful if you could click on the link for that very short questionnaire about attendance, numbers, childcare, catering, especially the catering, because we need to sort it out in good time. So that would be really appreciated if you could do that. Next Sunday morning, our service will be led by Katrina, who is back. But now it is time for us to start, and I'll ask Laura to light our candle. As we gather together for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is a light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day. Mm. Amen. Let us pray together. Let us pray. Lord, you are hidden from our sight, but closer to us than our own breath. You are eternal, yet in this moment in time, we pause to acknowledge your presence. You are perfect in all your ways, holy through and through, and yet you are the friend of sinners, and we ask you to be our friend today. Lord, you are faithful, and we are so fickle 
and fleeting in our devotion. And yet our hearts are constantly drawn to you, our beginning and end, and we come to you now. Lord, we come to give you thanks for every gift and blessing that we have received. We come to acknowledge our failures and our sins. We come to pray for forgiveness and healing. We come in our worship to escape our self-obsession and to intercede for the world. Whoever we are, whatever we have done or not done, in joy and in sorrow, in faith and, uh, and in doubt, we come as one people to you this day to worship and honour you. Lord, with heart, mind and voice, we worship and adore you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let's say the Lord's Prayer together and I invite you to say it in whatever language uh, is most comfor comfortable for you to do that. So let's join together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. We thought it'd be good uh, to hear from a couple of our students uh, this morning. So can I invite Laura and Fiona to come and join me? We just, uh, as Lena said, probably know these faces at least, but we thought we'd hear a little bit more about them and their experience of being at the college. So we're going to have to share this mic so we can gather in a little bit. Um, yeah, just by way of background then, Laura, Fiona, um, you can say which one wants to speak first, but by way of background, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to the college, um, the why, the how you came to the college, and just maybe even what stage you're at at the college? Okay, I think the answer to that question is by a long and devious route, actually. So about 20 years ago, when my youngest cat child was about to start school and the older ones were teenagers, I was thinking, oh, what's next? I was teaching but hating it, not really sure what to do. I was standing on a beach on the island of Ling and suddenly this voice in my head was like, you should study theology. And I kind of thought, mm, okay, I don't normally think thoughts I have are from God, but that was a thought that wouldn't go away. Um, so I didn't, wasn't really possible to go into full-time theology study at that point, but I did a kind of low-cost probe by becoming a childminder instead of a teacher and doing a few modules at the International Christmas Christian College, which I absolutely loved. But then I had to increase my work hours and I couldn't do any more. So I did a little bit more on, on a distance learning thing, but I thought, no, I really want to be part of a community. But I couldn't see how that was going to happen. Um, so I kind of put it on one side and thought, oh, well, that was that. But um, God doesn't really give up on things like that. So about 2017-18, that voice began to say again, you know, that's what you should really do. Um, at work, everything had got a bit yeah, just not very good. So I stepped out of my full-time contract and went to a relief contract, um, began to think, well, well, will I do? But I still thought, well, I couldn't really study theology. I'm too old now. And then I just kept encountering these articles about women who'd gone to study theology when they were older. 
And in one particular article written by Paula Gooder, who's a New Testament scholar, she said, I really just want to encourage women to have a go at things. You might think you couldn't speak in public, but have a go. You might think you couldn't study theology, but have a go. So I was like, oh, okay, right, fair enough. And at the same time, I had a couple of very vivid dreams, and I never remember my dreams, so it sort of stuck out. And I thought, okay, I need to think about this. But I still couldn't think where, because... I didn't really think about the Baptist college because I thought that would be full of men studying for Baptist ministry. And I thought, well, I'm not going to fit there. But then somebody that I knew that was connected with the college told me that that wasn't the case. So I put in an application, I had a chat to Lena, and then, yep, since 2019, I've been raising the average age of the student population. Um, And I can't really quite believe I'm in my final semester now, um, which is quite sad. I won't miss writing essays, but I will miss the place. And... I think it just goes to show it's never too late. You're never too old. And even if you think you've lost the chance, that doesn't mean that you really have lost the chance. So, Thank you. I guess um, you could explain my journey to the college has been a bit meandering as well. That seems to be a common theme for a lot of us. Um, I first became aware of the college when I was asked to be a governor in 2020. At that time, I had my own kilt-making business, um, and that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And then during COVID, nobody needed kilts anymore, so that business quickly folded. Um, And it was during that time, during lockdown, that I started to sense this call to ministry. So obviously the college was the, the first place to, that I thought of to start exploring that with. I'd already got a degree in theology, but I'd been out of education essentially for a long time. So going back to the college was a way to get back into that way of thinking. But also I knew it would be a really safe space to start exploring what it was that God was saying to me in that whispering call and to try and kind of thrash out some of those things about, well, what is it? Is it ministry? Is it chaplaincy? Is it all these ideas? And it was a really safe space to be able to do that in. Um, no judgment because I was a woman, no judgment because I was a bit older. So it was really, it was a really, it was a refining time. And a a time of gaining confidence and a nurture, there was a real sense of nurturing there that allowed me to have the confidence to say, actually, I am, I can follow that whisper. Um, So yeah, that's how I ended up at the college. I'm now a fourth year student, dragging it out as long as I can, because I don't quite want to leave. Um, And as part of that, I I did a work-based placement um, in, in the third year at Strathcarran Hospice. Um, so I eventually kind of, with a lot of help, discerned that <clears throat> this call that I felt was to chaplaincy and particularly hospice chaplaincy. So I wanted to test that out in the hospice environment, did so on a work-based placement. And then sure enough, as these things tend to happen, a job became available when it was the right time. So I am now on the pre-accreditation program for um, Baptist ministers and work as a chaplain at Strathcarran Hospice. Um, I think these two stories represent actually just a, a snapshot of the, the wider community. All of our students have 
not necessarily similar stories, but similar kind of calls to ministry, wrestling with, with where God is wanting them to be. And so it's great to hear um, and have both of you at the college. Um, I've also asked uh, the two of you if you could share with us just a bit about what you're doing at the college, particularly in placements. Fiona, you've been on placement here for a, for a while. Um, and just how that's kind of shaped um, your your work, your thoughts for the future, um, your the formation of your ministry. <laughs> okay, so I actually find that quite a difficult question to answer because I'm not really quite sure what's going to happen after I finish. So unlike Laura, I didn't have that. It was like the kind of go and study. And I thought, well, surely by the end of four years, well, I'll know. But I'm still not really sure. I mean, I did, did the placement here. I was also at um, Golden Jubilee Hospital too. But I think that my kind of cohort have been quite impacted by the pandemic. So first year, the placement just fell apart after two weeks. Second year, everything was online. Third year was a bit bit better, so I kind of feel like I didn't have the chance to explore what I might have done. So, um, so maybe chaplaincy, but I'm not really sure. I'm not sure, but I think just the whole like being on placement and the reflecting on it and being at the college, I've had the chance to think about things that I wouldn't have had the space to think about and work through questions that I'd had and wrestle with theology with Graham and delve into scripture and do new things like preaching that I never would have thought at all when I went to college. I thought, do the preaching module, preach once, never again, that'll be it. But that doesn't quite work out like that. So currently we're doing creative homiletics, so there'll be a bit more preaching. Um, and what else are we doing? Oh, New Testament. So, so yeah, it's still a bit of a question mark, really. But I just was going to read a little bit because this is what I've held on to in the not being very sure. And it's something that George MacDonald wrote. And what he said is, what God may hereafter require of you, you must not give yourself the least trouble about. Everything he gives you to do, you must do as well as ever you can. That is the boss best possible preparation for what he may want you to do next. So that's kind of the position I'm in. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the, the, the placements for me was quite formative in working out where my call was leading me. I kind of, I had this inkling that it might be chaplaincy and palliative care, but that was a bit bold because I'd never actually been in a hospice. Um, so being able to go on placement and try that out acted as a confirmation and a way that I could, I could test that. So I'm still doing my placement there this year. This year, um, I'm doing a module on chaplaincy and spiritual care, but doing it in such a way that I can go off and explore an aspect of that that, that interests me. Um, I'd had had a previous career before becoming a kilt maker, um, before we moved to Glasgow in NHS research ethics and medical ethics. So this placement... Um, it's allow it's still in the hospice, but it's allowing me to kind of look at marrying those two elements of life. So I'm doing um looking at various research methods in chaplaincy, should we even be doing research, those kind of questions, but also looking at how we can educate people like nurses, doctors, whoever's working in the hospice in spiritual care and the importance for for the for the dying person. So it's allowing me to kind of again, test those things and test those paths, which which I feel like might be part of my journey um, in such a way that without the placement, I really wouldn't be able to do that. So yeah, between the modules, the top modules and the placement, it's a good match for you to be able to balance the practical stuff 
and the academic head stuff as well. Thanks. Um, certainly, uh, being the one who oversees the, the placements, it's a real privilege to kind of get an insight into the different areas. And uh, we have a couple of people uh, in hospice chaplaincy, and I, I just want to say hospice chaplaincy isn't easy. Um, and so hats off to, <laughs> to you, Laura. Um, and, and on that kind of... Um, that, that path, I asked them if uh, Fiona and Laura would share any prayer requests that they would have either for their workplace or for themselves personally as they're, they're both at times of looking into the future and, and wrestling with, with heavy stuff. So if you could just give us a, a prayer request. <laughs> um, I suppose two things really. One is just to be able to discern what the way forward is. But in the meantime, to really actually enjoy the last bit of being at college, not just kind of get so bogged down in assignments that it's something you have to endure so so that's for me and I think for some of the wider student body that sometimes life happens and it's not a straightforward path getting through your degree you might have to take time out for all kinds of reasons family or health or take a bit longer and I think just the perseverance to carry on um, and a sense that God's there even in the difficult times really so yeah thank you um, I guess my my prayer request would be threefold. I'd, I'd ask for prayer for the hospice staff. Um, as pressure on services is increased, we're finding that people are presenting later and sicker. So actually the, the strength to be able to carry that burden for all of us would, would be beneficial. Um, in terms of the college, we're about to launch a new program in youth and community um, work. Is that the right title? Yeah. So pray that we get lots of people wanting, wanting to come along to that. And especially for the governors and the staff, just I'd really appreciate prayer for wisdom that we can, we can discern the way forward as a college and um, what, what's, what's best for the college and what God's calling us to do as College, uh, college staff and governors. So, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. Um, hopefully that's given you just a, an insight into what goes on at the college, what some of our students are doing. Um, and we hope that you'll remember our students and us in prayer over these, these coming months. So I think I'm handing over to... You can stay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Laura. Thank you. Um, in a moment... Fiona is going to read the passage on which we'll be reflecting together, and then we will hear a reflective piece of music as our young people go to their activities. Um, but then we're going to hear from another student who wasn't able to be with us today because she hasn't learned yet to be in two places at the same time, and she had already committed to, to being uh, at another church this morning. So you'll meet Sylvia online, and we'll cross cross the boundaries of time <laughs> and listen to something that she and I chatted about just a few days ago. Okay, so, so the reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 30 and it's verses 15 to 20. And this is the NIV. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. 
But if your heart turns away and you're not obedient, and if you're drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Well, Sylvia, it's so good to see you, uh, myself being at the college, and you tell us, where are you speaking to us from? Well, I live down in the Scottish borders, so quite a long way from Paisley, really, and a long way from Glasgow. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to live. <laughs> and I, I, I worship at Gala Shields Baptist Church. Um, I don't know whether people uh, saw it in the press, but... Um, uh, somebody somebody did a survey and they reckon that Gala Shields is the happiest place to live in in Scotland. So my, my invitation is if anybody is unhappy, sad, um, come down to the borders, come to Gala Shields. <laughs> well, as it happens, I'm going to be preaching at your church on a couple of Sundays, so I shall investigate. <laughs> I will tell the good people <laughs> whether it's always hyped to be. <laughs> well, because Hillhead Baptist doesn't um, know you, hasn't met you, and by the way, thank you for making this time, even though you can't be with us on Sunday to to to, to, to speak and spend time this way. Um, would you tell a little bit about yourself, Sylvia? How how did you what? Yeah, what, what's your life story in a few sentences? And also, what brought you to the college? Because, of course, that's the connection that we share at, at, at this time in this conversation. Yeah, how, how do I sum up years into a few sentences? Um, I became a Christian when I was early teenage years. Uh, I'm, I'm of that generation of... Uh, people that were sent off to Sunday school as uh, as children while parents stayed at home. Um, I'm grateful for all those years that I had in, in Sunday school. It, it gave me a grounding in, in the scriptures and um, and and led me to, to a place where, where I did make a commitment. And um, yeah, so I went off to university the first time around at a tender age of 18 and I, I studied uh, speech and language therapy and uh, I, so I worked in the in the NHS for 20 odd years um, as a speech and language therapist helping people with communication problems and and with eating and drinking problems as well that's always a surprise to um, to people um yeah um we 
married my husband as well, Andy, and um, two boys, Nathaniel and Alex. And we, 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 it was quite a shock and a surprise that we came up to Scotland now 19 years ago. Um, Andy, my husband, is, is a teacher. I've been in NHS work, both of us really quite frustrated, uh, wanting a change. Um, and we we landed in the borders to, to manage a Christian guest house and retreat centre, thinking that, that that was it. Um, we, we did that for a while and then we just felt, no, that's that that wasn't right. But it was just absolutely so clear that God wanted us in the calling to come to Scotland was was still there uh, strongly. So so we stayed around and went back to our um, our original pr- professions. And uh, I became just increasingly dissatisfied, unhappy with with NHS work. Um, and um, yeah, I, I saw so about eight years ago. I, I left uh, and felt God calling me to retrain to be a, a life and leadership coach, thinking that, that God would use me in a church situation. Uh, it came as an utter shock, surprise, um, uh, to actually then sense that God was calling me into um, such a church leadership. So that's that's why I ended up at the college. So I think it was six years ago, as of now, I, I came to a, a an open day. Uh, plug here there's an open day in a few weeks time um and I I have to say I came feeling really quite cross because I'd had lots of leadership experience in churches over the years um and you know felt that I was a good strong Christian and, and things and why should I have to do all this retraining and I came with a huge amount of frustration uh, and also a huge amount of trepidation my knees were knocking as I walked into UWS that day (laughs) Um, but you know as as I heard and listened to the presentations uh, the more I heard the more I thought you know what Uh, I think I'll actually enjoy it here Uh, and all my barriers of practicalities of being able to get across to Paisley, all of those were getting wiped away, and um, yeah, so I, I found I found myself at college, and yes, I love it, and it's been a life giving, life enriching place, and um, just met wonderful people there. Um, I was pre COVID making the journey from the borders uh, to Paisley every week. Um, it, I used to describe that it was almost trains, planes and automobiles that I would <laughs> would use. Um, but that was just tremendously um, interesting, funny. Um, the, the people that I would meet on my journeys um, and the conversations that I would have, um, such that I have now still in touch with two of my trains train friends wow um, that that I, I just met and of, of course you you people in the west you you like to ask questions so as soon as people would ask me so what are you doing and and where do you where do you stay yeah. uh, and I'm thinking oh no 
<laughs> why are you traveling all that distance <laughs> oh yeah just wonderful opportunities to to share with people yeah well we certainly really enjoy having you at the college and still having you at the college even if it's now online we, we share that connection <laughs> and it's yes. just yeah it's a privilege really isn't it to to continue learning together oh definitely definitely yeah. It's it's absolute college has absolutely um, scratched where I've been itching and um, you know yeah okay I'm 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 not a youngster anymore but actually you know I'm, it, it's firmed it, college has affirmed where where my Christian life had got to how it had evolved. Um, given me a whole load of other things to think about um and and actually affirmed that calling I think so um yeah. just watch this space and that's kind of what I'm doing God time and time again has, has said to me just just enjoy enjoy now uh, and and know that it's right what you're doing now mm. leave the, the the future decisions uh and future directions to me so yeah. I just keep coming and enjoying it. <laughs> and in the meantime, I've certainly had a joy of seeing you preach. And thank you so much for, for agreeing to breaking the word open for us for, for this Sunday. Um, we, we've talked, you know, about what we could do. And I've mentioned to you the lectionary passages, including the Old Testament text from, from Deuteronomy, chapter 30. And yeah, after this initial sort of, mm, let me think, you, you came back to say, that's the one, <laughs> that's the one we should speak about. So perhaps tell us a little bit, why, why did you choose to focus for this conversation on, on that Deuteronomy passage? Yeah, kind of before I get onto onto me, uh, if if I could just point out just a, a thing of interest about this text, in the lead up to this moment, um, God God had rescued His people from out of Egypt um, with the intention of them entering into the Promised Land, um, but when they got to that point, they balked at at what was required. So. They ended up then wandering in the desert, in the wilderness for, for 40 years. Uh, and then here in, in Deuteronomy 30, they're again back uh, on the brink, on that boundary line of entering the promised land. So this is, this is a, a significant moment uh, in, in their history and in their lives as a nation. Just, just imagine what, what that was like. Um, I think it was probably a frightening, ominous moment for them. And in the context of that, that in that context, Moses delivers this really energetic, almost evangelistic address, which culminates in that exhortation where he says, choose life for the Lord is your life. So me, I came upon this passage at one of those similarly frightening, ominous moments uh, in my life. Uh, I was at that point in, in my 40s, uh, a wife and mum, as, as I've said, of two young boys. 
Um, but I'd just been given a, a diagnosis of breast cancer. Although I knew that there was surgery and radiotherapy and chemotherapy ahead, I really didn't know how that was going to be. Uh, and I didn't know what the future was, was going to be like for, for me. So it was absolutely came at a, a, a scary, earth-shattering, life-shattering life time for me. And in came those verses, those words, choose life, not death. Love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. The Lord is your life. I have to say, after lots of, lots of sadness and weeping, I eventually came to realise that I had a choice to make. So often we think that we've, we've got no choices, that, that we're at the mercy of what life or other people dish out to us. But I realised that I was the one to choose where my focus was going to be. Was it going to be on my situation, my cancer diagnosis and prognosis, whatever that was? Or was it going to be on God? And after a lot of surrender, a huge amount of laying down of all my hopes, my dreams, my expectations, I made that decision that I was going to trust God, no matter what, to believe in him more than my fears and to trust him that all would be well for me, for my husband and for my boys, whatever whatever the future held. And then a commitment to, to allow God just to, just to use what I was going through for his glory and, and for his purposes. To my utter surprise, utter surprise, exercising that choice led me to a, a freeing, peaceful and, and life-giving place. And... What's been wonderful is that during that time and, and many occasions since, I found that I could, I could journey with others who were walking through their own valley of the shadow of death. Mm. And that's just so encouraging to hear. It, it was a few years ago, this, wasn't it? What, what happened since? What, what about life now? Okay. Um, yeah, it was, it was many years ago. It was, uh, it was 14, 14 years ago. So you can all be totting up and thinking how old might she be? Um, yeah, I, do you know, I, I fully expected and I believed that my brush with cancer was over. Yearly checks continued uh, until I reached that, that 10 year post-diagnosis mark uh, and, and gained that hallowed all clear and that final discharge from oncology services. However, that was short-lived. So two years ago, it was discovered that the same cancer, um, unbeknown to myself and, and to medics, had, had in actual fact taken up and made a tidy home for itself in several of my bones through, throughout my body such that I now have a, a living with cancer diagnosis. As you can imagine, that was another boundary crossing time, which involved another, another 
profound and lengthy, lengthy time of surrender and eventual refocusing on God. Mm. It can be hard. It can be hard to choose life when you're staring death in the face. Mm. But I'm but I am, I am to a place now where I know that he is my life. And as the song says, he's the one that commands my destiny. Mm. And that verse in Psalm 139 has become incredibly precious to me that he's the one that's ordained every day to me. Yeah. Such that each and every, I believe that each and every one of them is holy and special and sacred. And I'm going to, I'm going to cherish and, and treasure each, each of those days. And again, all this surrender, all this choosing life. Um, praise God, I've found, again, life and release, peace, provision, and God's, God's presence. Yes, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't alter the length of my days, um, but he is the length of my days. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, it struck me too, looking at those words, that it is about choosing life, if that's what we choose, and choosing yet again. And it's it's not once and for all necessarily, is it? It's 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 a process almost of letting go, as you were describing, yeah. and choosing life, which is God, because God is life. Um, and and I, yeah, thank you so much, Sylvia, for for sharing you know something of your own mm. personal story. That's that's really special, and I. It brought me back the memories, you know, of, of praying for you and walking through you because amazingly you kept you kept on with the studies and we had some interesting experiences of <laughs> making sure you could take part. This is before the the online provision was fully yeah. <laughs> established yeah. and and just just carrying you in prayers as we continued also the learning journey. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh. Yeah, and in, in, in that respect, just so blessed by the college community, and uh, you, you are, you were, and and you are very much uh, the hands and feet of Christ, mm. and, uh, absolutely uh, accompanying alongside me. It, 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 you were also, you are also precious to me, mm. and. I know that you also have something to share with us as believers at Hillhead Baptist Church. Um, what do you think this passage might say? What does it have to say at, at this time, whatever our present circumstances? Um, yeah, where does it lead the way you see it? Yeah. I think, I think back back to the text again. It, it that exhortation from Moses was was at one of those boundary lines, at one of those lines in the sand that we talk about. I think, and, and as you say, that there are times at specific moments that that we are called to choose life, not death. But it struck me that actually. 
we're, we're all faced on a daily basis with, with, with decisions, that same decision, choose life or death. And what Moses was, was actually calling the people to do was, yes, at that boundary line moment to, to choose life. But he was also calling them to on, go on making that same decision in, in every situation that they would face as they, they entered and as they settled uh, in, in the promised land. So it was, it was above questions of how they would work the land. How, how were they going to choose life as opposed to death in, in those situations? How were they going to deal with their neighbours, resolve disputes and share the blessings of God's provision with, with others? How, how could all of those things express life and be a choice about life? And I think it's the same with us, you know, that... that so whatever issues we are facing at the moment, maybe maybe stop for a moment and just, just think, what is, what is or what are the issues? And then to recognise that actually we have choices to make about those issues. It might just be an internal response something that you've got to settle in, in your head or in your heart. But it also might be about how you're going to react to others around you or handle a particular situation. And then I've, I've tried to think about what, what does a choose life decision look like? And here's some Here's some pointers, if you're not sure. I think choose life decisions often are not easy to do. They don't come naturally to us. I think those decisions often require us to exercise the fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience. might be a choice to do something that you could see Jesus saying or doing. And I think often these choose life things are about giving up our, our own claim for me or my name, my will and my kingdom. And then a last one, I think a recognition, sometimes a recognition that, that we, we've sinned or that we've been sinned against and come into God in confession and repentance, knowing that there is grace and mercy in his forgiveness and in his justice. Mm. And then... Leading from there, I wonder how you think this passage might speak to the church of God today, um, or, or at least for such communities as, as Hillcat Baptist. And I know that you don't know 
almost anything um, about our church and our journey. And quite purposefully, I thought I will not tell you, <laughs> I will not share you share with you at this point because I think it's um, it's important for us to hear <laughs> um, something about what you feel the church is called to do. At least the church as it is in Scotland, the church of kind of our our type. Um, what do you think this passage has to say? Yes, individually, as you were uh, sharing with us, but also collectively, corporately, as a body of Christ and its expression in a particular time, in a particular place, which happens to be um, Scotland, Glasgow, in 2023. Yeah, I find, I find this passage an interesting passage because again it you know Moses's call is it's almost demanding an individual response yet it's delivered to the children of Israel um and to me that to me Moses is saying hey we're in it together these these individual decisions that we we're, we're all faced with and all having to make it's the same for all of us. It's it's a leveling thing. So I think we need to. There's a recognition that, that as the body of the as the body of Christ, we we can support one another. We can draw alongside one another. We can we can. Some of these decisions are, need so much wrestling with, and I think we can we can help one another to to wrestle with what does choose life look like in this situation and and in those situations where you just think actually do you know what to choose life is just going to be so incredibly hard to walk that path and and i think i think we can i think we can also choose to to walk with one another in those those hard hard paths sometimes that 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 we're called to walk on uh, those paths of suffering. Um, so I think I think there's there's something there about can we can we pull together? Can we support one another uh, much better um, in our individual walk as we we try to discern what it means to choose life? But I think you know there's there's that that time for Moses was and that time for the people of Israel was. Was a was a was a mark in the sand for them as a community of believers, and I think there's probably are times when, as a community of believers, we have to make a corporate a corporate decision to choose life, so that we are a distinctive people who bring God's light and and life into situations. For us as Baptists, um, we have this wonderful. Um, principle of um, communal discernment, where each of us, every single one of us, we we recognise as having the capacity and the opportunity to seek God's God's guidance and discern what it means, uh, what God is saying to us. So I think as we in, in some of these decisions that we, we need to make as, as churches and as fellowships and communities of believers, it's about involving everybody. Uh, and then and then it's 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 together 
recognising that we've all got a responsibility to outwork those choices. Part of that process, I, I guess, is thinking about, I suppose, these questions that I'm going to pose for you are, are maybe questions for us, again, as just individuals, but us corporately as, as the body of Christ. You know, what does, what does the way of life look like? And then what needs to happen to negate all those things that go hand in hand with death? It might not be death as death, but it might be fear, anger, hatred, loneliness, division. So what needs to happen to negate all those? And I think that's what choosing life is, is about. Hmm. And, you know, I, re I say again, God, God wants us as, as a people to be distinctive people. He wants us to bring life to, to, to our families, to our communities, even life to the church. He wants to bring life to the church um, and to the world. And, you know, as we look around, boy, boy, does this world, individuals and communities and groups, doesn't, doesn't the world just need life? Um, and I think this text today, I think we almost stand alongside all those people that Moses was addressing. And I think I think we hear Moses's call to each of us individually and and corporately. He'll head yeah. Baptist Church of believers this day. Choose life so that we may live and love God, listen, listen to his voice, hold fast to him, for the Lord is our life and the length of our days. Hmm. I can only say amen to that. Thank you so much, Sylvia, for, for the encouragement and for the challenge to seek that life and therefore to see God because that's where life is yeah. to keep choosing and re-choosing and even when you get it wrong be willing to come back and choose again yes. Um, yes. alone and together so thank yes. you so so much and blessings on you and thank your you. journey I'm sure now the people of, of Hillhead will want to keep you also in your prayers in, in your own journey and, and where it leads and all you know um let's hope soon enough we'll be able to also see you and welcome you at at where we are gathering at the place where we're gathering um every sunday on site but um thank you so much for visiting us in this way yes isn't it wonderful that we 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 have this technology now and it is, it's just lovely to to be able to contribute to to your service this morning and uh, come sunday um as you're hearing it now um half of <laughs> half of me will be 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 holding you guys um before um before god and um may may god bless you and be with you as uh, as as you as you 
journey with uh, with him individually and corporately. God's uh, God's blessing on you. Thank you. Thank you, Sylvia. As our response to this conversation, we're invited to sing a hymn. Of course, you can choose to listen as well. Um, but if we would like to sing just a, a warning, especially for those who are online, it's karaoke style. There's, there's no voice singing. So the melody is very familiar. Um, Paul says we should sing loud if we can help it. So... Let us come in our prayers for others and think of the needs of those that we know and, and in the world today. Let us pray. Lord God, we come to you, the God of all comfort and hope, because our hearts are heavy with the suffering of many people in our world today. Our minds 
cannot begin to process the horrific pictures we have seen of the earthquake in Syria and Turkey this week. A newborn baby cut from its mother. A man holding the hand of his lost daughter. Snow and rain falling on the wounded, unclothed people. Children digging into concrete with bare hands. Lord, we don't even begin to know where and how to pray. But we weep with those who weep. And we pray that help will come quickly and generously to those who are in need. We pray for peace to come where there is war and where the lives of many, many people are being harmed and destroyed. We pray for rulers and those in authority that they might lead with justice and truth and compassion for the weakest. In our own fellowship, we think of those whose hearts are full of sorrow for loved ones who have gone. We pray for those who are suffering anxiety and depression. We pray for those with worries and concerns for their children and their loved ones. We pray for those who are seeking wisdom for guidance about major decisions in life. We pray for those who are puzzled by the complexity and confusing times in which we live. Lord, be with us, each one in our own situation, with our particular needs. We do remember especially today Steve C., Neil, Anita and Bonnie, Dr. Beth, Mary, Janet and Roger, we pray for the worship group and the musicians in their responsibilities and contribution to the life of our church community. We pray for Joyce and Morag, Jen, Andrew, Carl and Aidan, Elaine, Graham, Freya and Sarah, John E, Jeff and Carol, Caris, Fiona and Donnie. Lord, be with each of them, strengthening and sustaining them in all their needs. Today we pray too for the, uh, the BMS. And picking up themes from their prayer requests, Lord, we praise you for BMS partners in Bangladesh and their vision for church growth. We pray for wisdom for those BMS-supported workers uh, in the Operation Barnabas. We pray for them as they plant more churches and seek to extend the, the gospel into the world where it is not known. We're asked to praise God for BMS partner Big Life, which is helping women fulfill their calling to evangelism and making disciples. And in the Baptist Union of Scotland, we, we hold in prayer before you Brian Windrum, the finance director. Pray for our brothers and sisters at the Bridge of Don Baptist Church in Aberdeen and at Bristow Baptist Church in Edinburgh. Jesus encourages us to bring all of our needs to you, our God, 
So Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ian. Well, we've done a karaoke style. I think for our finishing hymn, we can manage a cappella. How about that? Well-known tune. And even if the words are new, I'm sure we'll be able to pick it up. Go walk with God in all you do. Go walk with God in all you do. finish our time together uh, I wanted to read a blessing that comes from St. Patrick's breastplate it's uh, a blessing that talks about God's presence with us in the journey of life so let's finish with these words I arise today through a mighty strength the invocation of the trinity through belief in the threeness through confession of the oneness of the creator of creation I arise today through the strength of heaven the light of the sun the radiance of the moon, the splendor of fire, the speed of lightning, the swiftness of wind, the depth of sea, the stability of the earth, the firmness of rock. I arise today through God's strength to pilot me, God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's shield to protect me, God's host to save me from the snares of devils, from the temptations of vices, from everyone who shall wish me ill afar and near. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ when I arise, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in every eye that sees me, Christ in every ear that hears me. I arise today. Amen. <laughs>